Good afternoon, everybody. This is the Reverend Blake Ruby. Welcome to the Church of the Soul's Evolution. I hope you've had a good week, and you're having an enjoyable Saturday. It's a long weekend. I've got Monday off. I hope you do, too. Well, there's a lot of things to talk about, and as I mentioned last week right at the beginning, I'm looking behind our backyard, and the sun is going down. I'm looking at the sun right now, and I'm comparing it mentally to the way it was, where it was last week at this time, right after my music, when I started talking last week. It's up just a little bit more. I can tell the difference. Not much. It's pretty close. But so winter is on its way out. The days are getting longer here in South Texas anyway. Pretty soon the trees are going to start to sprout. I'm guessing around the beginning of March. Right now all the trees in our yard and behind our backyard are brown with no green on them. But they keep their green leaves up until about December, actually. Here in San Antonio, winter only lasts for three months. December, January. We had a really bad cold spell last February, but we had this February, but nothing as bad as last year as far as, you know, snow and, I mean, extreme cold. Anyway, one of the things I want to talk with you about today, and it's in regard to the soul's evolution, and you might be surprised a little bit to hear this, but I believe it's very important for the evolution of our world to get this straight. Typically, I don't watch because I don't like watching a good, exciting game and then have it. And I'm referring to specifically the Super Bowl. I watched the Super Bowl last Sunday. It's not even been a whole week since the Super Bowl. Oh, there's a lot of excitement and Super Bowl. There's the commercials and the halftime show. And I was hoping that both teams would have a a good game, a well-fought game. I have nothing but the utmost respect for both players. They are powerful and strong individuals, probably the most powerful and strong individuals on the planet. To strap on those those pads and play a game of football, back and forth, running all over the place, hitting each other. Oh, my God. And with all the, like, how many pounds of pads do they wear? And then have a helmet on their heads, and they can't see properly. So I didn't really care who won. But I was leaning more towards Cincinnati. So the game began. I was impressed with the officiating. It was pretty good. They missed a, a very blatant call. Touchdown at the beginning of the half. And 
and it was an obvious pull at the face mask. Cincinnati wide receiver, and it should have been all back, but they didn't use it. Now, I have a problem with that, because when they don't use instant replay, it can leave a vacuum out. And the game should be focused on two teams fighting it out. Some great excitement. And especially a close game like that, two pretty evenly matched teams. And I've seen it before so many times. That's why now I really don't like watching sports games. I like reading about the games afterwards. But that particular play should have come back. Now, they use this to replay for seeing whether the running back or wide receiver caught the ball and maybe it didn't hit the ground or whether they were in bounds. Well, why not use instant replay for when the penalties, when the referees call a penalty? I think they should. Referees make mistakes, right? They're human. They can't see sometimes the whole play. It happens really quickly depending on what they are on the field. So why not then, that's the rationale you would use, why not then use instant replay for penalty calls as well? Because they make mistakes, just like with the other stuff, right? Makes sense? That's logical. So anyway, maybe Cincinnati shouldn't have been ahead with that seven points, although they might have scored another touchdown, who knows, you know, when things change around like that. Then they've got a whole different plan. But it was 20-16 to 16 going into the end of the game. There, I mean, the final two minutes, L.A. has a third goal at the eight-yard line. I was surprised. I was just shocked. It was the worst false start I've ever seen in football. I'm telling you, if, if you saw the game, you know what I mean. The worst false start. There was the whole offensive line move before the ball was snapped. It was obvious. It was clear to see, right? So why didn't the referees call a false start? And then there was Penalty on Logan Wilson, number 55, on Coop, the L.A. receiver. Coop comes up to him and pushes him off. He's allowed to make contact with the receiver. He put his hands on his hips, but didn't impede his movement in any way. And then when the ball was thrown, he batted the ball down. He could have intercepted it. But he didn't. And they called defensive holding. Well, afterwards, they asked some NFL referees who were really excellent referees before they retired what they thought. By the way, Don, I'm getting an echo. Could, could you look into that, please? When I talk, I'm getting an echo. Hello? That's better? No, maybe. Hello? Hello, testing, testing. I'm still getting a little bit of an echo. It just started all of a sudden. It was fine before. 
anyway, so if the they call the false start on L.A., which they should have. It was very obvious. I mean, referees, there's four of them. Why didn't they see that? It makes me think that the game was rigged, and I believe it was. I've done some research, and yes, the NFL does do that. I was surprised, really. They rig games. Now, isn't that shocking, really? I mean, this isn't the WWE wrestling, you know, where they have scripted talks and they do things and they, you know, this is football. Who, you still getting that echo? No, not anymore. Yeah, Good now. I'm not sure because we have no open lines in here, so I don't see how there could be an echo, but yeah, yeah but if there is, we can switch the lines. All right. Thanks, Don. My pleasure. And... So I could call that false start. It would have moved the ball back to the... I'll just keep on talking. Move That would have moved the ball back to the 13-yard line. It still would have been third down and four. But it would have been a lot more difficult, I think, for L.A. to punch it in from the 13-yard line and just two downs. And they needed the touchdown to win the game. But they they called that penalty, and that changed everything. Not only that, but on the following play, Stafford hit Coop in the end zone for what could because there were two penalties called. There were uh, what do they call that when there were one against Cincinnati, one against LA. They canceled each other's out, canceled each other out. But they called a penalty on Cincinnati for unnecessary roughness on the the safety or the uh, defensive back for hitting Coop after he caught the ball. And that's what they are supposed to do. That's what they do all the time. You hit them hard so that you try to knock the ball away from them. Bad call again. So three, two terrible calls and a missed call, a blatant missed call. I mentioned this to somebody recently, and they said, hey, sour grapes? Well, yes, I do. Watching and enjoying it, not to have the referees. Or I don't anymore. Actually, the Rams fan, you're probably, hey, it's cool. You know, they won, they won the Super Bowl. I don't care. But there's the rationale also, I'm getting it, Cody, that they used when they said, well, you got away, Cincinnati got away with that penalty. It should have been a face mask. And so there were some points ahead. Well, that's a little bit different, you know, when it's, in about right after the the second half began, instead of the last two minutes of the game, when the game is on the line, the referees, if they're going to call a game without, if they're going to let them get away with stuff, fine. But that defensive holding penalty, and another thing one of the former NFL referees said, that was no defensive holding penalty. If anything, it was pass interference. 
And that came from a former NFL referee. Real You know, they asked the best. So I'm saying, wrong. I learned that when you make you correct it, but when you don't correct it right away, then you go down a road where eventually it's going to haunt you. It's going to back at you. Karma debt, karma is involved here. The NFL is rigging games, apparently. I was talking with a co-worker and he said, don't you know that the referees on the field are in constant communication with people up in the booth, other referees? They told them more than, more likely than not. Call the false star. Call penalty on Logan Wilson. Call the penalty on defensive back number 23 in the end zone for making a legitimate hit. And then when Cincinnati got the ball back, we're driving down and had about timeouts. They put a, had a bad spot in the ball. They, they placed it back about maybe almost a foot back from where he had actually drove the ball to close to the first year. First down line, you know, for the purpose of the evolution of the world, because I always like to talk about things dealing with evolution. This needs to be corrected. There's a lot of people, millions of people that watch the Super Bowl. Anyone want to deny that point? And for L.A., that bad call. And for the last three or the two bad calls and the one missed call, the false start, which was blatant, blatant, blatant. They need to do something about that. My suggestion is give them some instant replay timeouts. Um, now, I think they might already have those. I didn't do a lot of research, but they already have three timeouts, so they'd have six altogether. They could use all six to throw the flag for a timeout, but... Like a regular timeout to um, take a rest or, you know, to hydrate and whatever. There are other three timeouts. Otherwise, this is going to go on and on, my friends. You can't make a mistake in our world. I was telling you, when I was in the Army, the Army, the military firmly believes that when you make a mistake, you do an on-the-spot correction. And... If you don't and you pretend like nothing happened, then you go down a road that will have consequences. I know it to be true. This is true. If you're a Cincinnati fan, you're probably agreeing with everything I say. If you're an fan, maybe not. But you do agree that they should have called that, made a call on the face mask at the beginning of the second half. But if I was in a debate with somebody from L.A., I would say, okay, the game at that point could have been, could have gone off in a hundred different directions. Okay, so they call that they call that back. They look at the instant replay. Yeah, obvious face mask. Bring it back. Bring the touchdown back. And then, like I was saying, could have gone off in a hundred different directions. Burrow is a good quarterback, excellent quarterback. 
He might have gotten a touchdown on the next play. You never know. But all that time goes by, and they're down to less than two minutes, and the referees just ruined the game, stole the game. And I've been thinking about it. I sent an article to the USA Today with just what I'd said. You can't let them get away with that. I mean, that is entertainment that we enjoy as Americans, and we trust in the people that deliver that entertainment to provide everything. No mistake. The future, my friends. Instant replay is available to fix that. Do it. Make it happen. There's too many people who have dreams and hopes, all the players and the coaches and the fans, people that have bet money on the game. When you make a mistake, fix it. And it's obvious that they made mistakes. But in my opinion, I think they were told to. Why? Because L.A. is a big market. The Rams haven't won the Super Bowl for, I think, back when Kurt Warner uh, won it for him in the early 90s. And also Donald, that uh, defensive linebacker, he was re- probably about to retire. Stafford, he had a career with the Detroit Lions, and and this is probably his last shot at getting a Super Bowl. That was his last shot. He might retire now. So, And it was right there in L.A. But one thing I know the referees don't like doing is making a call that might be contrary to how the home crowd feels, if you know what I mean, whether it's right or wrong. They don't want to throw that flag against the home team. And no doubt there was a lot of money on the line, millions of dollars on this game. And so the referees, you know, they're paid off. Hey, you do this, you do that, we'll make it worth your while give you $5 million to put in your bank account. If you don't do it, hey, we know where you live. We know who your children are. Don't put it past these people for doing that, okay? Don't be naive like that. You're dealing with people with loads of money to include the mob, the cartel. If you don't think they're involved, that's also naive. So do the right thing. They teach us in the Army to do the right thing, do what's right, use instant replay. The referees make mistakes. They're human. We understand that. Also, look at the penalties, because they make mistakes doing that as well. You can tell it affected me, right? It bothered me. Yes, it did bother me, because I've been watching professional sports, although recently, like I said, I don't watch it that much. I like reading about it afterwards. On television, I think the first sports games I got involved with was back in 1968. The St. Louis Cardinals, Bob Gibson, Lou Buck, Kurt Flood, Orlando Cepeda, Julian Javier, Mike Shannon, Veda Pinson, Tim McCarver, Steve Carlton, the 68 St. Louis Cardinals lost to the Detroit Tigers because they had Mickey Lolich and Denny McLean, the best pitchers ever. And I think it went seven games. Bob Gibson was awesome. 
Hall of Famer. Lou Brock, too. The greatest, one of the greatest base dealers ever. And I used to, that's when I was really watching. That's when I began watching sports. The Montreal Canadiens, because I lived in Canada, Ottawa, Canada at the time. The hockey team, and I used to get so involved. I used to play hockey myself. I went to professional hockey training camp. So I could skate, I could skate backwards, I could skate left, right. I had a shot. But I would get so upset sometimes when the referees would make bad calls. I would be like, face red, I'd be yelling at the top of my lungs at the TV. And I did, I confess, I've already asked God to forgive me, but those referees during the Super Bowl, I use a word I very rarely use a couple of times. And I'm feeling bad about that, but only to find out that when I talk with people at work, yeah, we notice that, you know. Whether you're an L.A. fan or a Cincinnati fan, uh, referees change that game. You know, they should be allowed to do that. In a civilized world where people pride themselves on their intelligence, like I said, this isn't the WWE wrestling, you know. This is professional football. What about baseball or hockey? You think they're rigged too? You know, I was reading before coming down here to start my radio show that um, what's that guy who's suing the NFL for discrimination? I'm glad he is. I hope he gets a whole bunch of money, NFL. Thank you for cheating and for ruining my game that I was enjoying with your referees, NFL, who have done it before in the past and will probably do it again in the future. Better watch out now. They might try to send somebody to bump me off. I haven't been calling him any names, so I guess that's my only saving grace. So, I spent a lot of time talking about that, right? But I'm serious, you know, for the evolution of the world. We need to make some changes. We need to make some changes. And those changes can be in the strangest places, you know? Things that you wouldn't even think were related to evolution in my opinion, are. You can't hoodwink millions of people who put their faith and trust in the honesty of the game. Referees making the right calls. And then just forget about it. Later, when they make bad calls, oh, forget about it. You won't even worry about it until next year. No. I'm standing up for what's right this time. And I said, I'm going to talk about it on my radio show come Saturday. I'm going to get the word out. I'm going to send those words up into the atmosphere. That I'm not happy with the way some people are fooling my people out there. I'm looking after my sheep, just like Jesus said, after his resurrection on the beach when he was feeding his disciples with bread and fish, even though they just caught some fish on their own because he told them to throw the nets out over on the right-hand side. And they pulled up quite a big catch, but he already had fish waiting for him on the fire. I talked about this the other week. 
He asked Peter three times, do you love me? Why? In my opinion, he asked Peter if he loved him three times because he wanted Peter to forget about the three times he denied him. How's that for rationale? But each time that Peter said, yes, Lord, you know I love you, he said, look after my sheep. Well, that's what I'm doing, too. Am I comparing myself with Peter, the great Peter? Yeah, I am. Because he was a human being that lived over 2,000 years ago. I'm here now. I am the truth, the light, and the way. I can also help get you to the Father, just like Jesus could. And you should be able to say that, too. You co-creator God in the making you, male or female, who don't even believe there's a mother God. As far as evolution is concerned, comparing it to a school like the University of the Universe, if you don't believe them, that there's a mother, if you don't believe that there's a mother God, you're like in grade five. And the object is to graduate from the University of the Universe with a master's degree. Or if you don't believe that the sun is heaven, you're like in grade five or four. But deep down inside, in your core being, you know it's true. You just forget about the sun. You see it going up and down day after day, going across the sky. You don't give it much of a second thought. You know, once upon a time, civilizations used to worship the sun because of its life-giving properties, providing heat and light. But you know what else? The energy from the sun revolves all the planets around it and rotates them on their axes too. Now, isn't that a very special kind of energy? Did you know that? It's true. And the sun is made of light energy. Just what your spirit inside your body is made of, light energy. Billions of electrons. And some people believe that the devil rebelled got thrown out of heaven. Oh, my God. I think sometimes I can't believe these people. I can believe the people that wrote the Bible way back when, because they didn't know any better. They had absolutely zero technology, not too much money. Lifespan, the lifespan back there for male and female wasn't half what it is now. It was disease. But definitely they were inspired. They were inspired by the creator of the universe, just like I am, like you are, or could be. Yes, there is an archangel by the name of Lucifer out there, and also Michael. Michael's in charge of the angels. Lucifer is in charge of the demons and hell, God's jail. Now, if you consider a creator who's omniscient and omnipotent. Do you think in your wisdom of all wisdom that that creator could not look into the future and see that being, that angel that he, she created would rebel against him and prevent that from happening? From him, her, I mean. 
because the creator is both male and female. Of course, the creator can look into the future and in the past and knows these things. The creator would never create a being that would rebel against, except someone like us, human beings, because we have free will. But angels are servants to God, and therefore they are hardwired to serve and nothing else. So to think that they could rebel is just human thinking. It's not reality in the world of angels and in the place where angels exist. And then to think that the devil has power equal to God is ridiculous because if God wanted to, being omnipotent and omniscient and making, creating the devil, God could destroy the devil if God wanted to. That's rationale and logic that you can't refute. I'm sorry to say. If you believe in a creator who's all-powerful, then the creator could say, oh, I hear that the devil is giving my people a hard time, intimidating them, harassing them, sending them to their death. You know what, devil? I'm going to destroy you. Poof, gone. But no, it's not that way. The devil is none other than Archangel Lucifer. And Archangel Lucifer works for God, and that's the truth, my friends. Archangel Lucifer was created by God and serves a purpose. And if you didn't already know it, the reason demons exist is because there's some really evil people in this world that need some serious prompting to get back on their path. You know what I'm saying? People like a Hitler or a Mussolini or Saddam Hussein or Napoleon or whoever. They need some serious prompting, right? Evil people. Look at Hitler is responsible for the deaths of over 6 million Jews. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Serious prompting. Demons can do that. And when you get to hell and you're serving your time for murder or whatever, rape, sexual abuse, verbal abuse, physical abuse, not believing in God, the Creator, living a life of pleasure, indulging yourself in all those vices, alcohol, alcohol. On the subject of alcohol, my friends, uh, before I go off a little bit um, on that, let me say we have an election coming up here. And on the 1st of March here in Texas, and the Democrat, Democrats have a governor by the name of Beto O'Rourke, who is running to try to overthrow the present Republican Governor Abbott. And one of the issues that Beto O'Rourke is running on is the legalization of marijuana. Well, marijuana is legal in a lot of other states, right? My opinion is this. Let people do what they want to do. Now, when they're young, of course, you have to restrict them from doing things like that so they won't get hurt. But when they get older, when they're responsible for their own lives, let them do what they want to do. If they want to kill themselves drinking a bottle of whiskey, that's fine. If they want to smoke marijuana, that's also fine. Did you know, actually... People that drink too much kill brain cells. I hadn't heard that marijuana kills brain cells, so go figure. 
you know, it's just a part of the evolution that we're going through. It's a slow process. You can't impose your will on other people and tell them what to do. That's the bottom line. Marijuana should be legal. Let people do what they want to do. As long as they don't get in the car and drive under the influence of marijuana or alcohol, what they do behind their own doors is their business. And you know, that is rationale and logic you can't refute. You're the same way. But some people, they get on their high horse, just spouting words that have been, have been taught to them by their parents and their grandparents and their ancestors all the way back hundreds of years who are not very evolved, so to speak. Young souls, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's not fair for me to say that, but it's intelligence. It all comes down to intelligence. We need to, all, all of us need to improve our intellectual capacity. We need to be smarter every day, stronger every day. You got just like discrimination exists because people can't rationalize that other people with different colored skin are equal to us. The babies all look the same. Deep down inside, we're all the same. We have two eyeballs in our heads. We've got a brain. We've got a heart. We've got lungs, all those innards. We've got miles and miles of veins in our body, the heart that beats independently of our will, the lungs that purify the blood. We're beautiful creations. Whether your skin is brown or black or red or yellow, doesn't mean that they're inferior to the white people. We just have to rationalize it. And in order to rationalize things, you have to improve your intellectual faculties, if you know what I mean. Enhancing your spirituality, developing yourself spiritually will help you with that. Listening to my show, having your own show, so anyway, I'm going to vote for Beto O'Rourke because I think marijuana should be legal. And then I'm not, I wouldn't use it myself now because one thing, I don't want to put lung smoke in my lungs. And for another thing, I don't like feeling that high because I get high on life. <laughs> I get high on running. I went out and ran two miles today. How about you? Can you say that? And, you know, you want to talk about the past. What about your past? Are you clean as snow? Are you washed in the blood of Jesus, born again? Maybe you've never made a mistake in your life. Well, you've got your parents to thank for that, right? Hmm. Ah, hmm, hmm. I grew up in a secondhand smoke environment. What do you think of that? My parents were alcoholics. What do you think of that? And when was I fully responsible for my actions? What do you say? 17, 18, 21? No. 
you're fully responsible for your actions when your parents pass away. That's when, according to my opinion, which I'm entitled to, but it makes sense to me because when we're independent of the people who raised us, shaped and molded us, and I don't mean this in a bad way. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm just saying that when are we truly responsible for our actions? It's not 17, it's not 18, it's not 21, it's not 33, it's not 50. It couldn't, might not even be 80 if your parents are still alive. It's just my opinion, but it makes sense to me. Usually what I talk about makes sense to me. Anyway, you should get your own radio show on BBS Radio. Because to be able to talk for an hour is a great thing. It will enhance your public speaking skills so that you won't be embarrassed again. And on that subject, I just wanted to say, if you listen to some previous shows of mine, I mentioned that I was in the speech contest. Usually when I say that to people, I see their eyes, and they're like, whoa, you were in a speech contest? That instills fear. Just the, the mention of a speech contest will make people tremble with fear. Well, yeah, I've been in quite a few. I didn't do that well, but I participated. You know, I didn't win all the time, that's what I'm saying. I got second place a whole bunch of times even though second place usually means you lost because there's only two people participating. So, as I was saying, I was in this speech contest. I gave, I think, the best speech that I've ever given on the subject of the half. Are any ETs out there listening? I think so. They like listening to my show because... I think I'm in the top 1% of all the people here on Earth who believe in extraterrestrial life out there. Oh, I just changed that around. And it's logical, you know. So I gave this speech, the Hudson Valley UFO. I've talked about it. I'm not going to spend time to tell you about it. But it was a five to seven minute speech. And I was disqualified. Why? Because I used some material from the internet and I didn't cite the source, Wikipedia. 4,900 planets out there that they've discovered in 3,600 solar systems. Do you think there's any life on any of those 4,900 planets? Or do you think the creator of the universe is just a creator who doesn't like creating bodies or creating planets? He's very boring, no creativity at all. The creator is an amazing body maker. The creator is all about life, life in the universe. It's, it's teeming with life. The universe is teeming with life, my friends. All this life on Earth could happen by accident. It could happen by accident. On one of those 4,900 planets, they're discovering more each day, actually. Who knows how many of them will have discovered in 10 years from now? Thousands, maybe. 
hundreds of thousands, especially with this new telescope, the James Haas telescope, that's positioning itself about a million miles from Earth to orbit and and reveal images of outer space like never seen before, way out there in the distance. Won't that be incredible? God, please help make that telescope work, please. God, creator of the universe, make that telescope work. Help us in any way we need it so we can see farther than the Hubble telescope ever did. Please, God, you make it happen. Protect it. Help it work properly. Help the people that are operating it. Please. And thank you for all your help, God. So anyway, oh, hold on. The door's open. The dog just came in. She was out inside the door there. And uh, thinking that I was going to leave the door open. Because the TV's on inside the living room. And that could be distracting. But here I am in my enclosed patio. And the sun has gone down. The sky is still light. Pretty soon, stars will come out, which are really suns, you know, entire solar systems. Did you know that? Every star you see up in the sky is actually a sun and solar system with at least nine planets. It, it varies. As I have more, goes back to the number nine, according to my research. Number nine. Number nine, that's the day I was born. Nine August. That's great. So these little speeches that we give in Toastmasters during the speech contest, five to seven minutes. My God, as soon as you get warmed up, you have to stop. Little rinky-dink speeches. The hour, being able to talk for an hour what it's all about, you know, or even longer. People in Congress, they know that. They have these filibusters or whatever they call the other, well, filibusters, I guess that's what they are. They talk for hours. Can you talk for hours? Could you give a speech for an hour, two hours? Could you be a paid professional speaker? I think I could. And having this radio show on BBS Radio is helping me in that regard. I would like to be a professional speaker. I could go talk to universities, colleges, wherever. People that do, like take Travis Walton. I was watching him the other night. How many of you heard of the movie Fire in the Sky? Fire in the Sky is a movie created by Hollywood about the abduction experience, alien abduction of Travis Walton back in the 70s in the White Mountains in Arizona. I think it was 75. For those of you that hadn't heard about it, he was a logger. He worked with a, a group of men. They had a foreman. And they went out into the the hills of the White Mountains and were cutting trees down, clearing areas. I'm getting an echo again, Don. And so it 
Or, uh, yeah, it's good now. Well, uh, I seem to have stopped. Okay. Um, let me just keep talking. Yeah, well, this it's very low, but we still hear a little bit of an echo. There, that that's better. Yeah, that's good. So anyway, the White Mountains, Arizona, 1975, I forget what month it was. They're out cleaning this patch of mount outside of the mountain, you know, cutting trees down. And I don't know what, why they were cutting the trees down for, but anyway, it was the end of the day and they were heading back home in a truck going down a dirt road and they saw this light up ahead and they were very surprised and perplexed as to what it was. And as they got closer, they still didn't know what it was. They thought it could have been a forest fire or maybe an airplane crash, you know, it was in the woods. All I saw was this light that was emanating from the forest. And then they came around a bend, and there in the sky was a beautiful flying saucer hovering above the ground, maybe about 70, 100 feet in diameter. So Travis Walton, I think there was like five other guys. The foreman was driving the truck. He got out and started walking towards it. And they're all saying, Travis, come back, come back. Now, what are you doing? Are you crazy? Come back. And he kept walking towards it. And he was looking up at it and going like, wow, man, I can't believe this. Everything they've talked about, people have said about flying saucers. Apparently it's true. Here's one right here. And it's not making any noise. And it's just hovering there above the ground. And it's got lights around it, you know, and these lights are... This brilliant and beautiful colored lights, you know. And they're still yelling at him, and it gets closer and closer, and then he gets almost underneath the flying saucer. And that's one thing you don't want to do, my friends. Let me explain why. Because flying saucers, UFOs, alien spaceships, in other words, are powered by usually some form of nuclear propulsion which activates anti-gravity amplifiers which shoot beams down to the ground. It's an electromagnetic form of energy. It's a field that they use to either attract or repel the electromagnetic grid of the Earth, of our planet. So by repelling it or attracting it either down or up from one side to the other. They, that's how they navigate the, the air above the Earth all the way up until they get into outer space. And then they use their anti-gravity, not all of them, but most of them use anti-gravity beams to warp the fabric of space because space is a fabric. Just like Einstein said in his theory of general relativity, and it can be warped, and then you can just like surf from one location to another by warping the fabric of space. But when you're here on Earth, you ride the electromagnetic grid by either attracting or repelling the cold magnetic force of the Earth because the Earth's core is iron, or 
And so he stepped underneath the spaceship and he got zapped and got thrown to the ground. His friends freaked out. They drove away. And, oh, my God, he's dead. He's dead. He looked like he was dead. He got thrown about 10 feet. Oh. So then he got down to the bottom of the hill and he said, I got to go back. That's my friend, Travis. And they said, man, I ain't going back. He said, okay, look, you get out. Start walking back. I'll pick you up when I, I go back there and I come back. Hopefully I'll find him. So they all got out. He went back, but Travis Walton was gone. What happened was he got beamed aboard, I assume, you know, a la Star Trek. Beam, that's what they, they have that technology beaming people from one location to a, another is real, my friends. That is very advanced technology. That's what they do. We don't have that technology right now, but other civilizations in the universe have that technology. It's just a matter of matter transform. It's just a, it's just matter transformation, breaking things down to the smallest particles, which we haven't been able to do. So he goes back, Ravs is gone. And then they had to go back in town and explain what had happened. And of course, no one believed them. They got an investigator in the movie. It was um, James Garner. You ought to see if you haven't seen it. Fire in the Sky. Excellent movie. Well, they stretched the truth a little bit. These aliens, and Travis talks about when he was on board the ship, he got a chance to see them, three of them, because they had him on a like a hospital operating table, and they were helping to heal him because he had some serious burns on the outside and inside of his body. And he woke up and he saw them around him. And these beings were like maybe four feet tall and they had big heads and like big eyes, you know, eyes like twice the size of human eyes. And they had like these uh, skin tight uniforms on. And, of course, extremely intelligent, but he became violent because he didn't know what they were trying to do to him. So he grabbed a, a glass bottle or container and broke it and was using that to defend himself. And so they went running out the room. And then shortly thereafter, he uh, he went walking outside and was walking around the spaceship trying to find a way out. And he ran into another type of alien with blue skin, like human-like. And with the golden hair, and they looked almost human in appearance, just a little different. Um, I think they have blue skin, or maybe they have blue hair, I forget. But anyway, so five days later, they were looking for Travis for five days. They were accused of murder. The whole town was in an uproar because they thought that they'd murdered him, buried him. They had a search. They searched the mountains. They didn't find anything. All the relatives of Travis were angry at the other men for not having protected him, and they were suspicious that they had killed Travis for one reason or another and were hiding something, you know, hiding where his body was. But five days later, he showed up at a gas station on a rainy night, and he called on a, one of the um, phone booths, a phone in a phone booth, and they went and picked him up, and it's a true story. You know, it's not a make-believe story. This isn't science fiction, you know. This really happened. 
gone for five days. And you think that for those five days that he was missing, that he was somewhere else other than on board a spaceship, then you're very naive. Usually young souls think that way, you know. It's all about evolution, my friends. You see, more advanced souls, souls that have more past lives that are able to see these things for what they are and don't try to just shoot them away and who cares, you know. Oh, yes, the rationale is good. It makes sense, but I don't believe in it. I've heard it before. Those people, they need to change their ways. They need to get smarter. They need to develop themselves spiritually and evolve. Because that you are, they are, co-creator gods in the making. One day, you're going to transition to the spirit lands. That's the truth. And I will, too. Think about how many times I've talked about this in my radio shows in the past. And here I am, still talking about it. But you know what? The kind of things that I talk about are not nearly as bad as watching a violent movie on TV or at the movie theaters where people get shot up and blown up and they're talking about nuclear destruction. I don't talk about things like that. My subjects are positive. All about, they're all about developing your spirituality, evolving the soul. The soul, you know what the soul is? Anybody? The soul is the brain of your spirit. You have a spirit in your body. And I always refer back to that great song by the police back in the 70s. All those years ago, we are spirits in the material world, our spirits in the material world, our spirits in the material world, our spirit in, in the material world, my friends. Well, my time is over. Thank you for listening. Here's a prayer, creator of the universe. Thank you for all our blessings. Please bless us, everybody. Thank you for your help. Help us to evolve. We love you, creator of the universe. You are awesome. Thank you, everybody. I love you. Talk to you next week. Actually, I won't. I'll be, God willing, on a cruise next week, so the week after. Take care. Bye-bye.